continuous improvement, that's the key to success. I guess whether you're continuing your education or trying to perfect your putting game, humans have an embedded need to continuously improve. We've talked about several times in this podcast about innovation and its place here within our organization. And recently our senior leaders have done a thing, an innovative thing in a way. They've sat down and written out a plan, a strategic plan to be exact. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this 54th episode of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and with me is the 101st Air Refueling Wing Vice Wing Commander, Colonel Ian Gillis. And he's eager to share this new strategic plan with all of us. What can you tell us, sir? Colonel Neto, um, Colonel Decker, and Colonel Stroop uh, embarked on a little bit of research. So they did uh, reached out to senior leaders all the way down to chiefs and superintendents in the squadrons to try and uh, figure out what our strategic priorities should be um, and, and where we should be taking the main air guard in the next 10 years. Uh, and the culmination of that work is our strategic priorities and uh, operational goals. Uh, so we, we kind of break that down into, into two separate things. The strategic priorities um, are those long-term things that we think we need to move towards um, in a strategic way. And then, of course, the operational goals are the things that we want to focus on in the next year that build upon uh, to get us to those strategic goals. So that that's the document that we're... Uh, literally was just signed last week um, by Colonel Brassa, and we're trying to get it out to the the masses in the wing uh, so that everybody can get behind it. So it's literally hot off the press. It is, yeah, right off the press. Well, that, that's and that's kind of cool too. I guess I didn't I didn't realize that this was something that um, that it was it would be kind of shared from from you guys down down to us and down down to like my level, where I, you know. So it's kind of nice to be in the in the know and know where you guys have what you guys have in mind for us as a as a as the Maniac family as an organization moving forward. So, yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, if you think about it uh, as an organization, as uh, you know, eleven hundred members strong, if we're all moving towards the same direction. That's a lot of inertia. That's a lot of power. Uh, so that's why we want to get this strategic plan out to everybody so they understand uh, the challenges that are ahead of us, the things that we need to do to achieve those objectives in the end. Uh, and, you know, we get all 1,100 of us rowing the same direction. That, that's a fast-moving boat. Um, and that's what it's all about is to make sure that we, uh, all the way down to the lowest-level airmen, understand uh, what we're about and where we're going. So. And I think, too, again, speaking from, you know, from, my, from my perspective, I think that... Uh, I think knowing my, I guess, I don't know how, how to say this without sounding, um, like it's about, it's about me. So I guess I'd only be insulting myself. So like know, knowing my place, knowing where I, what, what cog I have in the wheel that turns this whole organization is going to help me better understand what you guys are expecting from me. And then therefore there is no weak link. And we yeah, can, exactly. And that, that's our goal. And that's, that's really why we're embarking. A, I call it a PR campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get that message out all the way down to lowest level airmen so that they understand um, what they can do to help us uh, make the main air guard viable for the future. So what's the what's the first step in doing that? Uh, from the PR campaign, uh, uh, Colonel Barassa signed uh, the document last week. So that's uh, gonna be out and available to f- people come next drill. Um, 
We've kind of modified our mission statement. Uh, you know, it used to talk about a lot of things. We tried to boil it down into something pretty simple. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. The mission of uh, the 101st, deploy and employ air refueling, airlift, expeditionary aerospace, and combat forces around the world while supporting national security, homeland defense, and state of Maine objectives at home. It's a lot shorter than what it used to be. Yeah, a lot shorter, um, but it encompasses everything that we do, right? Um, Maniacs are world-renowned. Anywhere we deploy for for what we do and what we bring to the fight. Um, And then here at Home Station, we play a a vital role too. And and that's what we were trying to encompass there. Uh, The vision statement really hasn't changed much. Um, It's that world-class organization uh, inspiring all to achieve their fullest potential while building on the maniac tradition of excellence, teamwork, and commitment to the mission. Um, and uh, so a little tweak there, but not much. Uh, and that's really what we're looking to get after in our strategic priorities and then what we're looking to accomplish next year. All I hear, you know, side note, all I hear when you say the vision statement, you know, we did a video a few years back with Chief Moore and he, and he, he was like that spearhead in this video and that was the kind of opening the video is the vision statement. So all I hear is him in this like really cheesy reverb effect I put on him where it's like an echoey thing in the background is super, you know, super cheesy, but yeah, that's all I hear now. But so as far as the mission statement goes, we did, we did put that it's a, it's on our website now and it's also on our Facebook page. So that's completely updated. If you, if you know the listeners want to go on and read that or, you know, attach it to their email you know, anything like that. So that's cool. And so what goes into, so when you guys revamped that mission statement, sir, was that something that, um, was that, that was a collective effort? Yeah. So, uh, group commanders, uh, and our chiefs got together, uh, looked at the mission and vision statement, tried to, um, you know, it, it had gotten very complex and what we wanted to do was boil it down so that, uh, everyone in the organization could, could read it, understand it and, and get behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, you know, that's, again, what we're trying to do there. And probably people outside our organization, so like possible recruits can read it and say, okay, this is what they do. That exactly. Make, that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. What else is kind of involved in, the, in this new strategic plan? So I'll, I'll read down through maybe our, our strategic priorities here. So, um, again, when we talk strategic priorities, we're looking at that. How do we get you know, the organization to something new uh, 10 years down the road? Uh, so it's not something that's going to happen overnight kind of thing. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, explore new missions. Um, and when I say that, um, looking at opportunities for the next tanker, um, what that uh, airframe will be, what that mission will entail. Uh, we don't necessarily want to limit ourselves to that. We're also looking at airlift, cyber, uh, and that kind of stuff. So um, although we think air refueling is kind of our niche mission here, uh, so we are seriously looking at KC-46 and, and the bridge tanker, uh, but we're not focusing solely on that. We're looking for what other opportunities there might be in the enterprise. Um, strategic priority number two for us is improve recruiting and retention. Um, this one's a tough one because it, I, I look at that as a tactical level thing that, that maybe is not a 10-year goal, um, but where we are today as a force uh, we're only at about 93% uh, fill rate on, on, our, um, on our manning documents. And uh, it's going to take us a while to get to 100%. It's not something we can do uh, next year um, or even the year after that. Uh, you know, as we slowly gain and make progress, uh, it's going to take a while. So that's kind of why it's a strategic uh, uh, priority. Um, and the last one is pursue an active associate unit here at the Maniac Guard. 
Um, with that is a potential to increase our PAA and our ability to do more. Um, so we're, we're airplane limited, we're sometimes people limited as well in the different uh, shops throughout the wing. So uh, looking at that active associate provides us an opportunity to bring more airframes in, more bodies in to get the mission done. Um, and really to spread that maniac tradition of excellence. Um, you bring, say, 100 active duty folks in here for three years. When they leave, we will have left our mark on them. Um, and so, again, that's kind of spreading that, uh, that tradition uh, throughout the enterprise. Um, and that's, that's the top three. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you that that's based on a lot of work done uh, by Colonel Netto, Decker, and, and Stroop in uh, researching that with various people throughout the wing. So that's not, uh, that's not Colonel Gillis's bright idea. It's not Colonel Brass's. It's, it's a team here at the wing that came up with those. That's cool. No, that's really cool. So, to, so for people to know, um, not just active serving members, but, you know, dependents too that listen to this, this, this platform, this podcast, to know that you guys are working collectively. And not only are you working collectively, but you're also sharing with everybody else. <clears throat> Can I ask you a question about number two? Of the sure. Priority? Okay. Um, so uh, with recruiting and retention, do you, is, there, is there a, uh, and I'm sorry if there, if there is, and just me being ignorant, but is there a... Uh, an avenue for like uh, for any airman, any maniac to come forward with an idea that they may have about recruiting and retention. Like how would that, how would that go about? Uh, yeah. Uh, so recruiting retention, you've uh, probably all heard Colonel Brass uh, at a, at various standups and things like that. Uh, and, and myself mentioned that we're all recruiters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by that, we mean we have such a small recruiting force that unless we help them, uh, they they can't make that kind of progress. So, um, you know, in that vein where we're all recruiters, um, I would encourage anybody that thinks they have a, a good idea of, of how to get more people in, get more interest in the main air guard, uh, to run that up their chain. Talk to their supervisor, talk to their group superintendent, uh, talk to their commander. Um, and we're all interested in hearing the ideas. Um, you know, sometimes it takes time to execute those ideas. Uh, Colonel Brass and I have been working on a couple of initiatives, uh, and it took us over a year to, to wow. actually get those to come through mm-hmm. um, with some funding and some manpower. Um, so, you know, things don't happen overnight all the time, don't happen as like as we as fast as we'd like them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, give us the ideas and, and let us try and work through them. Oh, that's cool. Because I, I feel like a lot of people probably do have those ideas, and, and you know, and we have just the top of my head, like two or three uh, former active duty guard or reserve recruiters from other branches that probably could bring a lot um, to the table. Uh, that, uh, that's awesome. Uh, and the fact, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand, and I'm sure it would come up at some point in this conversation with um, the innovation program, like being innovative. And, you know, what was that, you know, back, I was, I think it happened before I even, I came in 15 years ago, but there, there used to be a program, right, where if I had an idea how to save the Air Force money, I could bring it up to you or it'd go up the chain and then I would get a, a paycheck, right? Right. That's, I don't think that's around anymore, right? I mean, uh, there are programs like that that exist. Um, they're few and far between now. Yeah, but, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. 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 Here's a free t-shirt. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you for your service. That's cool. Um, that's awesome, sir. Uh, so you mentioned those are the top three there and then other, other sub so from there um we look at those are kind of the 10 year where we're trying to get to in the next 10 years um then we have some operational goals that are kind of the short-term stuff that set us up for success on those strategic priorities um so we have four of those that were identified 
number one is perform federal and state missions safely, effectively, and efficiently. Um, so again, that's just being the best at, at what we do. Um, and that helps uh, people outside of the organization look at us and go, okay, they know what they're doing. Uh, let's help them do more and, and, and do better. Mm-hmm. Um, develop airmen and innovate and embrace process improvement. Uh, so we look at that really as affecting that recruiting retention thing, right? Um, if we're taking uh, an active interest in our airmen and, and getting them uh, more skill level training um, and, and other things like that, they're going to feel uh, empowered mm-hmm. and, and able to do more. Um, recruit, retain, and invest uh, and manage for the future. Uh, so, you know, that, again, that's an easy one. That's really towards that recruiting retention piece. Um, and then cultivate leaders, foster healthy culture and climate. Um, and again, that's making this place, the main air guard, a place where you want to work, um, where you want to bring people in, where you want to uh, stay for a career. Um, so that's kind of our operational goals. Those are things we're, we're looking to really uh, action uh, in the next one to three years. That's, that's awesome. So, I, you know, I got to be honest with you, sir, when we, when I, when you had mentioned that you wanted to do this, like, and I'm, you know, all I heard was the term strategic plan. I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I, it could have been a whole um, plethora of things that you guys were going to talk about. This is really neat because, uh, you know, I've been in a situation before in my previous career field where I felt disgruntled as an E5 where I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not challenged enough. Like I want to do this, this, and this, but I'm not being enabled to be able to do this, this, and this. And it was almost like a, you know, we, I talked about Chief Niederowski in the last podcast, but that old term, shut up and color type of thing. And to be able to have a, to have support from leadership from you guys to be able to enable us to want to do more and to, and to cultivate leadership. Like you just said, that's, that's a big, to become a better leader. So you're setting up the organization for success 10 years down the road. That's, that's huge. Our, that's our goal. That's cool. That's cool. You guys are sharing this. Have you, has this ever happened before? Have you ever, is this? Uh, wow. Uh, I think if you go back far enough, um, at some levels, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, obviously people know I've been in this organization for, for 33 years now. So my, mm-hmm. uh, corporate memory goes way back. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've kind of ridden a sine wave here where strategic planning becomes very important and we do a lot with it. Um, and then it kind of takes a backseat. And, uh, so, uh, we're trying to get back to the point where, where it is being emphasized and we're actually trying to move the organization forward um, really just to make sure it stays. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to remain relevant um, and reliable and, and ready mm-hmm. uh, to, to survive as an organization. So um, the other thing I think we're seeing now uh, with General uh, Roy and General Mishu is uh, an organizational alignment that um, you know, is the strongest I've ever seen it. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, General Roy just coming out of the wing command seat, understanding the, the issues facing the wing and what's going on. General Mishu just having been uh, come out of, of group command and the maintenance group. Um, they understand where the organization is and where it needs to go. And so not only at the wing level, but at the state level, um, we are really aligned very, very well. Um, and we're all communicating on, on multiple channels nationally uh, to move the organization forward. Um, and, and that's just a huge benefit. Again, uh, you know, I talked about everybody in the wing rowing the same direction. Well, not only that, but we've got our GOs um, at the state level out nationally all rowing the same way too. 
Um, and again, that's that's a lot of inertia moving the right direction to to get us where we want to go. And that and, and and like we said before a few times, like that's that's just sh- that's showing the rest of the organization that how much you guys um, <clears throat> value us. You know, and that that was you know that that's the thing, right? Is that like you guys always have? It's just a matter of having the resources and uh, putting the ball in our court to be able to drive that that train. You know, so that's that's awesome. That's really big. Um, you know, I, 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 and I also, I also didn't know either that the topic of the, of the KC 46 was even a thing, a thing, you know, for, for us. So that, that's new information, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, general Nahum, uh, just recently announced that the next, uh, two lots of, uh, KC 46s are going to come to the guard. Um, now, folks, don't get excited about a KC-46 showing up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, what that really means, the next lots that haven't been spoken for, those are in 27, 28. Uh, so quite a ways down the road. But uh, 24 KC-46s are going to be coming to the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will replace KC-135s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, again, we're, we're trying to step up and, and let folks know nationally um, that we're interested. Um, we want to be relevant for the future, and and the KC-135 is a is an amazing machine, uh, but it's not going to be flying, um, you know, in another thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe there will be a few of them still flying, um, but they're going to take a lot of work to stay in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to we want to be modern. We want to be relevant. We want to be part of the future fight, um, and that and that's the new airframe. So. Uh, and, you know, if the 46 isn't in our future, like I said, there's only two more units, uh, guard units that are likely to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to position ourselves for what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's a new airframe in a different mission set or uh, what comes after KC-46 for the bridge tanker, um, you know, we want folks to know that, that we're in. Uh, we're in for the future. Well, you know, and whether or not, uh, whether or not, we get it the, the 46 or an airframe or whatever the case may be um it, it's going to tie hand in hand with that innovative um proverbial b- basketball on your side of the court type of thing where it's going to it's going to cause the, us the rest of the re- the whole the whole main international guard to adapt um which is a good thing you know it, it's like watch you, know, you, you people like change even though they don't like change and they, they like the challenges behind it and the training and it's going to open up a whole new a lot of doors for a lot of people, which is exciting. It's yeah. a, you know, like we said yeah. in the last podcast, it's a great, great time to be a maniac type of thing. So that's, that's pretty awesome. It certainly is. Uh, what, what's your, what's your take on the whole thing? Is it, is it must be exciting for you to be a part of this and see? Uh, it is, it's a, um, you know, having 33 years here at the main air guard, there's a lot of tradition. There's, uh, you know, the, the airframe that I've known my entire career and, and, you know, uh, pretty much my entire life has been the KC-135 um, out here. I, I do remember my father flying uh, F-101s and thinking those were really cool. <laughs> but really the airframe I've seen the most out here is the 135. So it is a little different to say goodbye to that airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing that uh, although it's a, an awesome airframe, uh, you know, it's just going to get tougher and tougher to support. And that's what we've seen here most recently is that uh, parts issues and things like that. Our maintainers are working really hard to keep these airframes flying. Um, you know, it's it's time for a new jet and uh, something that will take us well into the future. So, uh, we're uh, we're looking forward to it. 
um, maybe with a little bit of uh, sadness in our eyes when the, the 135s leave, but uh, it'll be for the better mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be moving the organization forward. So, Well, it's like General Roy likes to say, you know, it's, you know, when I think of him, it's like synonymous with like his, this quote, like being ready to fight tonight. So having an airframe that, you know, that has been through how many, how many wars? Three? Three, way too many. Yeah, so like that. So can, I can't imagine if you know, God forbid, something happens tomorrow or a year from now or two years from now. Those resources that you talked about it makes it harder and harder for our maintainers to keep the birds in the sky. <clears throat> would be even more difficult. Um, so that's, I guess, thinking about it that way makes a little more sense too. But um, what would you? You might have asked a question. Sure. Um, uh, I just I didn't know how much time you had. What would you recommend for a young airman who is would would be listening to this or hearing it from their their supervisors or their commanders that this is the, the strategic plan that we have moving forward? Um, I would say that uh, this strategic plan, our strategic plan, is our future. Um, and like I said, thirty three years in, um, I don't have a whole lot longer future with this organization. Uh, having said that, I will continue to be outside the gate after I retire, uh, looking in, uh, cheering uh, the maniacs on. Um, but for that young airman, uh, they've got a lot more years uh, here in the organization. So taking an active interest in what we're doing and doing their part to get us to that end goal um, only benefits them in the organization. So um, and, uh, you know, specifically speaking to those first term airmen, um, be good at your job, uh, be ready, um, and, and do the best you can. Um, and if you're doing those things, um, that, that's, you know, the biggest thing that they can do to help us. Uh, beyond that is, you know, tell your friends, uh, as uh, Colonel Brass likes to say, if you like working here, wouldn't it be even better if you're here with your best friends? Um, get them involved, get them excited about the organization. We, we have a lot to offer. Um, so, you know, sh- spreading that, that word um, and, and making us the strongest organization we can be um, is what's going to get us to that end goal. And it's got to be exciting, too, knowing that you guys are, you, you uh, and leadership are, are, are establishing these building blocks for those first-term airmen, that this is what they're going to remember, as I'm sure you remember what leadership was like when you first came in, as I do as well knowing what, you know, for me, it was like, I didn't even know who, I didn't know who you guys were. <clears throat> I had no idea. You know, I just knew that I saw the rank and you saluted. And if I knew, if I saw your photo on the wall down in security, I offered a post briefing, <laughs> but I never, ever had interaction with any, any wing leadership or state leadership until I, until I met chief Pierre um, on a Sunday when he gave me a box of donuts and, <laughs> but establishing that for the, those first term airmen, so it's, it's like a, it's going to be kind of cool for you guys to be to know that that's you are like solidifying that, that concrete memory for them. When so then when 33, 33 years from now, they're looking back and saying, this is what this is what I've done in 33 years. And it could put, it could be potentially a daisy chain effect from what you guys put in place. That's pretty cool. It is. And that, uh, you know, looking back on uh, on my uh, time as an instructor pilot. Um, that is probably one of the greatest things uh, that I've done here in the Main Air Guard is, is looking at the, uh, the young co-pilot that I trained who then becomes an aircraft commander, who then becomes an instructor pilot and passes on that legacy of knowledge. 
Um, so, you know, sitting in the command seat now, uh, I kind of get to do that for the entire wing. Um, and that's a, that's an honor. Um, it's a little bit of a burden. Um, but I, you know, I hope that, uh, we're doing it right and, and we can get to the point where, uh, the organization thrives in the future. So, that's cool. uh, you know, I look at general Hessert was the wing commander. Uh, I think probably two years after I started out here. Um, he's the wing commander that I really remember. Mm. Um, and I can look around at, at buildings and uh, ramps, spaces, and things like that um, that we can directly attribute to him. Um, I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near that, but uh, you know, maybe uh, 30 years down the road, somebody will say, hey, Colonel Gillis started that. Right. Um, and, uh, man, that's a pretty cool legacy too. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. And, and you know, you may not... You know, Airman Airman Snuffy. You know, thir- you know, years from now, isn't may not sit back and say, you know, Colonel Gillis put this ramp in place or whatever. But there, but it doesn't necessarily need to be a tangible thing. It might be something that they sit back and say, Colonel Gillis enabled me and his team enabled me to to uh, to shape the future and might to shape my future, to shape the future of the Airman that's going to come after me. And that's that's got to be cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Anyway, is there is there anything else you want to talk about, sir? Uh, no. Um, you know, I think, uh, again, what I wanted to do in this podcast is kind of introduce the the uh, wing strategic plan, uh, get that out in front of folks, talk a little bit about our priorities, objectives, um, and really just make folks understand that uh, we have a vision for the future uh, here at the Main Air Guard. Um, it's a bright future, uh, and we just need help moving the entire wing that direction. Roger that, sir. I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks again to the Colonel for sharing that with us. There was a lot of good information. I recommend to all of you be sure to share this with your peers and battle buddies. Progression is impeded by the inability to innovate. I'm not sure if anyone's patented that quote yet, but if they haven't, they should. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this has been episode 54 of the Maniac Radio Show. Remember what the colonel said, we're all recruiters. Spread the good word. It's an exciting time to be a maniac, that's for sure. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. We'll see you next time.